0: Well, this morning I want to I speak from James 1. Who loves the book of James here? <laughs> Not many people. I don't like it, but I, it's one of the most challenging books. But I want to speak out of James 1 this morning, and I will look at um, overcoming temptation. God gives us scriptures, God gives us the ability, and God gives us his spirit so that we are able to walk through life, so that we are able to see life Overcome its challenges and live a blessed life. A blessed life doesn't mean, doesn't mean to have a full bank account. A blessed life means that I am free, that my mind is clear, that my, I can walk in freedom, that I actually can be actually free in the way that I walk. Paul said in, in Philippians, I have learned to be content in all things. He said, I've learned in in whether, whether I have much and whether I have a lot. In hard seasons, in bad seasons, I've learned to be content with what I have. And that's the amazing thing that God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to set your mind free. I'm going to give you a hope and a future. And that is God's promise to all of us. But there are keys along the way that God says, I want you to look at this and I want you to follow my instructions and I want you to allow us to follow him and so i'm going to look at james chapter 1 and verses 18 or verses 12 to 18 and it starts off god blesses those who patiently let's look at that again god what does he do he blesses those so there's a blessing from god that comes to us those who patiently endure testing and temptation afterward they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires. Oh, just let's let's think about that for a minute. Our own desires. It's coming from who we are. I'm going to speak a lot around these two verses, verse 14 and 15 this morning, which entice us, drag us, and drag us away, and these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good, whatever is and perfect is a gift. Coming down from us, uh, from uh, down to us, from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word, and we, out of all creation, became His prized possessions. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning that your word will come alive. Lord, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation this morning to to be here in this service. Lord, I, I pray as I speak, God, Lord, you'll speak to me. God, you'll speak to those that are in the room. And Lord, I pray that, God, your blessing will be upon your word. I pray that, God, that every word that is spoken, that, God, it will be led and directed by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that our hearts will be open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying this morning. And, Lord, I just pray for your presence. I invite the Holy Spirit to come in right now. And, Lord, I just thank you for what you're already doing and have done this morning. And we just want to give you glory and we want to praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen amen. Wow. Desires, temptation, they come from our own desires, from us. It's amazing, eh? I want to share a little bit of a story that happened to me a number of years ago. When I was in a former job, I was uh, in a department and uh, there was a it was a pretty one of the most difficult department within the company that I was working at, and uh, this department used to run through a number of team leaders and supervisors and managers you used to churn over, and uh, pretty hostile environment, ruthless. Um, if you if you wanted to be broken, you'd go into that place, and I found myself in that place, and uh, I was doing run roll and um, we're having problems with one of the the leaders in that department, and uh, he, he gave up. And now I can understand why he gave up. But he gave up. He was just battered and bruised, just the constant backlash from people criticising what he's doing, the constant backlash of, of just um, not being able to implement what, what his managers were asked of him. And I got given the opportunity to manage that department for, well, it would have been about a month, just while, while my manager was away and uh, I was thankful that my manager came back, and then um, this team leader moved on, broken, busted, shattered, and um, they asked me to fill it, and I thought, oh yeah, here we go, let's go, I can do this, and uh, you know, you think you look at somebody doing a job, and you think, I can do better than them. Oh, I can handle this. Uh, well, that wasn't the case. Well, in the space of three months, I took took on one of the the people in that team that was the most strongest in that team and had a very hard personality and we had some interesting discussions and uh, that was to say the least. I, I learned to keep quiet in the space of somebody standing up to, you, to your face and giving every four-letter word to you and so you learned to, to deal and just to, to cop it on the chin. But in the process of that, you see it's being, it was something that I wanted to do, it was something that I thought I could do And over those three months that I was doing it, got to the fourth month and I had to deal with an issue. I had to performance manage a number of the team members and I was hung out to dry from my immediate leader and um, he hung me out to dry. I did what was asked, I did what was required and I was hung out to dry and I just felt shattered. I felt alone, I felt like I I was doing the right thing. I thought I was doing the right thing. I had a desire to lead. Um, but I wasn't particularly asking God for help during the time. And it was out of the desire of me wanting to lead that I took on the team in the first place. And I look back in hindsight, and I think, well, that wasn't the right thing that God asked me to do. But he used it. He gave me what I desired. And through the process of about four or five weeks, I lost the team. As in the res- I lost, totally lost the respect of the team. It broke me. Uh, I, I just didn't want to be in the department anymore. I was able, over the next couple of months, to move on and got shifted to another area. And uh, then g- went the healing process. But in that process of wanting that position, there was a desire within me that said, I want it. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't made for it. And in hindsight, I would have done things a whole lot different because I would have consulted the counsel of God. You see, sometimes what we desire and sometimes what we want isn't necessarily what God desires. I came out of that. Took me, it took me years to recover from that, from that experience. It was hell on earth. It was hell on earth. But what it did in me was it changed me. Was It challenged me. It challenged my motives. It challenged my thinking. It challenged everything that I am and said, what was the motive in the first place of trying to do this? My desire was I wanted to lead. My desire was this is what I wanted to do. I can do that. And the motive within my heart really was exposed when you get put under pressure. Yeah, pressure is always the key thing that exposes what's in our heart. It, it allows you to see what you react and how you react. But in the start of it, it was all about me. It was all about what I wanted. It was all about my desires. It was, I can do this successfully. And it was, the focus was off God and my walk with God, and the focus was what, on what I can do. So where does temptation come from? In those scriptures, 14 and 15, it says that comes from the desires within us. I find this incredible. It's actually temptation is actually a desire within us. When, when I started to realize this and get a revelation on this, it sort of changed my thinking. It, like, in the past, I've been guilty as this, as anyone else. I've heard in, over the years, and I grew up in the church, went away hit the world, and then came back. But over those period of times, I used to hear this. Oh, the devil's after me. I used to believe that. The devil's after me. He's attacking me. Oh, I, I believe this stuff. I, I did. I, I'm under attack from the, from the enemy. And, and uh, over time, I, I thought, yeah, maybe this is the case. And so I believed it, and I kept on believing it. And so whenever anything bad would happen, oh, it's the enemy's problem. I've got to look for what the enemy's doing. I don't read that in the Bible. I think it's sometimes our minds get twisted and with just a slight change where we say the enemy's after me. Actually, I've become to discover that it's actually a problem within me because Jesus, the enemy was after him, but he couldn't find anything on him. He went to the cross too. He did the Father's will. And so I have had to change my mindset over the enemy chasing me. Oh, yeah, he does. Let me, let me read you a scripture about the job description of, of what the devil is, just so that you know what his job description is. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes, what? Only to kill and destroy and steal. That's his job description. I get that. That's the only thing that he does. He doesn't bring you any good. He doesn't bring you any pleasure. He just brings you pain. He'll just take everything away from your life. And I get that. But I'm responsible for my own actions. And praise God, I can keep God. I can keep Jesus in my focus. And I don't have to worry about what the enemy's doing. I can say, yep, you're going to throw everything at me that you possibly can. But you know what? Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So my perception of what the enemy is doing in my life is my perception, yes, that is his job description and that is what he does. And he does it so effectively. He is an expert at it. we, We all have experiences in our life that he has just wonderfully and magnificently outworked that. Can everyone agree here? You go through tragedy, you go through hardship, and you can agree that that's what the devil is. He does. He does a wonderful life. But our focus and our shift needs to be on Jesus. He's overcome the world. You see, I don't need to worry about what the enemy's doing. I need to know about his strategy, but I need to know how to overcome that. You see, uh, Jesus said, I have overcome. The world. I've overcome the godlessness. I have overcome this. Is Jesus speaking says, I've done this for you. I'm here to give you freedom. I started to learn about some of the things that were in my heart and the desires that were in my heart, how God would shine His light on them. And how my desires would affect my life. And some of the simplest things that I've come to realise is, man, there's basically all the things that I'm facing in my life as a result of some of the stuff that's coming out of me. And I used to suffer terribly with migraines. You you get a headache, and oh man, it used to start, I could tell I'd wake up in the morning, and at the back of my neck and and my shoulder blades... The pain would start to come. I could feel it in the morning and it would just start to go over the head and it would start to go over the top of the head. Then it would go into the eyes and your eyes would just be aching and you'd just rock and rock and rock. And the only thing that would give you rest is sleep and sleep over a night. It was amazing. I could sleep through the day, still wake up and I had the migraine. But if I got to sleep at night and I was able to wake up, the migraine lifted. The stress lifted, the pressure lifted, and I was able to think clearly to 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 actually be able to function again. Because once this once a migraine kicked in, ah, oh, you're just useless, man. I don't even just back up and go home. Just can't think straight. The light hurt your eyes. Just want to be in the dark. It still didn't work. You just want relief. But prior to that, listen to this. Prior to those migraines coming, I was stressed. What was the stress coming from? I can't control the situation. Hey, i got no control. Well, what's, 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 the, what's the desire? To control. It's in me. I'm causing the stress to myself. I used to cause my, these migraines nonstop because there was a lack of trust in God to say, I'll let go and trust him at his word and say, I'll actually let go. And it came down to something within me. And so the temptation was to control. The temptation was I need to control this situation. I'm so stressed out that I get to the point where my migraine starts. And I'm then useless anyway. And this is all coming from a desire within us. So it was a desire from me. Desire to control. <laughs> temptation comes in so many forms, it's not funny. We think temptations is, ah, this juicy bit of thing that, oh, it's like, it's like guys. I'm going to speak to the guys right now. You know, from a guy's perspective, as you, you see a pretty lady, and ladies, not the majority of guys have problems with this, and sometimes we need to bring this out in the open. The guys will see a, a pretty lady. And the eyes will fly. Lust of the heart. There's a moving of the face. Looks good. Because that's how guys are, are wired, unless there's a transformation that God says, I want to do something in you to change you. We see that as a major lust issue, a major issue with temptation. But let me tell you, there's a smaller temptation. There's, there's other temptations that are just so common to us. Control? Criticism? It's it's a temptation. It's, oh, but you don't understand. I know best. I love what John Smack was speaking about last week. God's ways are higher than, than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And in that mix, you see, as you come to open this up, you see... Criticism actually is, is a temptation. Where's it coming from? It's coming from a heart. Jesus is out of the mouth, the heart speaks. What I say, what I do, when I judge, when I tear down, it's coming out of my, me. It's actually coming from me. And you go, oh, that wasn't very nice. Or you hear somebody else do it and go, am I really like that? yeah that's me that's me but that's okay you know why it's okay because Jesus died for me in that state I love that this is the life that he's come to. see said I've come to give you life and life more abundantly I don't want you to be controlled by your own desires I actually want you to live in freedom this is such a simple thing but it it controls all of our lives and it allows us to say, I think God actually has a better way to doing life. I actually believe there is freedom for us as a church. I believe for myself, I'm done with doing religious journeys that i got to do this, i got to do that, I tick the box for that. I'm done for it. I'm done with it. I want to say, I want to live the abundant life that Jesus is speaking about. I want to live and get past my own desires and I want to walk in a place of freedom. That's my desire because that's what God promises to us. That's a promise. Promise? That, That Waymaker song, Promise Keeper? Don't you think God keeps his promises? Very quiet in here. Sorry, this is, this is just reality. And, and as I'm speaking this, you've got to know that I'm speaking to myself. What is temptation? Oh, listen to this. It's an examination. Of who? Of us. The act of examining something closely as for mistakes. Looking for the express purpose of producing or proving a fault in the examinee. Ooh. Temptation, eh? Temptation actually is driven by us. See, the enemy can't come in and take a foothold unless I allow him. I've got a choice as to say, do I allow this in my life? Or do I allow what the Word of God says? to occur in my life see it's an examination of my heart and my motives how I respond is actually an an examination of what is in my heart to anything that I desire when I started reading this and I started seeing this I went wow I'm not that wow my my god there's some problems in my life because as I started to realise that temptation, that every temptation is just to seek within my heart my own desires, the realisation, oh God, help me! Because the realisation says, "Wow, I'm messed up," but I like the way that God says, "Yeah, you're messed up. Yeah, you've yeah, you've failed." Yeah, you have all these mistakes, but I have grace. I'm going to change you. I'm going to bless you in the process of these changes. Do you know that the enemy uses the same tactics to test our hearts as what he did 6,000 years ago? In the Garden of Eden, in Genesis 3... The enemy is the serpent and he went and spoke to Eve and he asked these questions he said did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden It's funny God has a truth and he gives it to us out of the word and then the enemy comes in and says and the thought says hmm is that really what God said the doubt that comes into our mind. The doubt starts to come. Did God really say that? Did God actually say that that's what my word says? Or is it just, you know, you will get away with it? No, it's not really. God's just hiding out from you. You know, God, God, God doesn't understand your pleasure. God doesn't understand that you'll get pleasure from this. And you can see it here the question is did god actually say i i think our scripture the scripture the word of god is challenged all the time in our lives don't don't worry about what's happening out outside of our lives (laughs) just look at what's happening in our lives i am challenged by the word of god i am challenged because the word of god shines its light on me and i'm thinking oh man there's change required here but he still loves me Look, listen to this. It says in verse 3, it says, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But again, the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. There's a direct saying, direct um, counter-argument to what the word of God is saying. Listen to verse 6 and what it says about how good this was. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, satisfaction, good for the stomach, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, three things there, three things. It was good, tastes good, looks good, and give me lots of wisdom she also gave it to a husband who was with her and he ate three things that i know are there in my life looks good tastes good and feels good and i get wisdom from it three things that are always there that are always there that jesus faced these three things doesn't matter. There was two, there's two men in the Bible. And one's Adam and the other one is Christ that faced the temptation and one destroyed humanity and one is bringing humanity back to life. You see, two men made two different choices that said I'm going to turn humanity on its head one just destroyed it all for us and we have sickness we have misery we have every kind of form of evil by one decision that Adam made in the Garden of Eden one decision he looked and he thought it was good it's the same as in in our hearts we look and go oh that looks good oh that's going to be good for wisdom that feels good and that is what God is showing to us about temptation. He's trying to get the eyes of everything else and say, you know what? If you allow me to come into your heart and you allow me to speak into your heart, I can bring change and I can bring blessing. I can bring an abundance of life to you. He wanted to set us free. He said, I have come that you may have life. I, I keep going over this scripture. I have come. Jesus has come that you and I may have life and have it abundantly. I want that peace. Oh, I do. I do. I want to walk in that peace. I I want to live in it. I want to say, God, I know that your word is true. I know that your promises are yes and amen. Jesus gives us the key to overcome the thoughts, and the desires of our, of our nature, of who we are. Jesus is an amazing God. He walks this earth and he demonstrates to us. And he says, I've walked this journey before. And now I'm going to write it in my word. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit give you the power to overcome for three times in the desert before Jesus started his ministry, he was tempted after 40 days of fasting. Jesus has been just said to him, You're my son, I am well pleased in you. And he has walked out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he is tested through that toll time. And the enemy comes with three things. What's good to the eye, what tastes good in the wisdom the bread, he tempts him, he's hungry, 40 days, I can't do 40 days without food, I don't know anybody else who's ever done it here, but uh, I, must, I can't even do eight, eight's probably my max of, of just doing a water fast, and man, food is, is good at that point, but after 40 days, he tempts him with food, he needs something for the, to sustain us. He tempts him with the wisdom. He takes him out and look, look at all the, all the, um, the kingdoms of the world. If you bow down to me, I will give it to you. And then he says, "Come on, show us your glory." He takes him to the top of the temple and he says, "Now throw yourself off." And prove to the world that you are God and Jesus uses his word to counteract every time that the enemy comes because the enemy was testing his motives in the in the heart and Jesus knew the word of God and Jesus was protected in the process and Jesus responded and said no this is what the word of God says this is what the word of God says this is what the word of God is and I'm going to point you to Jesus. He, Jesus is saying, look to me, look to my word, look to what I've done. You see, it all starts to tie in when Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus is about to be crucified, Jesus ties this in so well and he gives us a picture of what Happens when you're going through extreme temptation of wanting to run and wanting your own desires to be fulfilled. I love this because this gives us a picture and it says, God's walked through something tougher than I'll ever, ever go through. Mark 14. I'll give you some background to this. They've just gone up to the the Garden of Gethsemane and he's taken his disciples and he's taken three of his disciples up there to pray with him. He knows that his time is coming. He knows that the end is drawing near. So he knows that he is just about to go to the cross. And he is filled with sorrow. He is filled with heartache. I don't know about you. When you're, I don't think anyone's experienced this. But when you're led to get... You know that you're going to die. You know that the, the, the death is going to be painful. You know that um, you've done nothing wrong. You know that you, you have lived the life as just the Father had lived. You know exactly what is going on. And in that place... You know that your gun hands are going to be beaten into a, into a cross. There's nails that are going to be going through your hands. You know about the, thorn of, the crown of thorns that is going on your head. You know all about that. And this is Jesus. He knew it. He knew exactly how he was going to die. And this is the place where this scripture comes in and he is exceedingly sorrowful. And he's going back to prayer and saying, God, I need your help. I can't get through this. This is this is where we pick up this, this chapter because Jesus is set he's setting his face and saying, I'm going to do what the Father has asked me to do. I'm going to go to the cross for the rest of the world. And this is where we pick up, verse 36 in Mark 14, it says, And he said, Jesus saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Remove the beating. Remove the nails that are going to go in my hand. Remove the silence from heaven. Remove the spear that's going to go into my side. Remove the crown of thorns. Remove the slapping that my face is going to be there. Remove the... This total separation from my Father. This is what he's praying. Yet not my what I will, but what you will. Not what I want, but your will. And he came back to the three disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not... Watch for one hour. He's coming to his friends and he knows what's coming. He's spoken to them before and he's saying, Guys, I need your help. I need prayer. <laughs> and then he finishes off with this Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, that your own desires might not overcome you. Oh, I love this, this old temptation, because all of Jesus' disciples desert him <laughs> after this. Talk about temptation. This is what he says, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He knew his humanity. He knew that the pain was coming. He knew about what was just about to occur in his life. And he's going, God, I need your strength. God, I need everything about it. God, I I need heaven here. I need strengthening from heaven. And this is coming and this is overcoming temptation. And he cries out, Abba Father. You see, Abba Father is a cry to to our Father that says, I can't do this on my own. I can't do it. See, when temptation comes, it's a cry to our Father and it says, God, I can't do this on my own. There are three places that Abba Father are used and they're all in relation to crying out to God to overcome temptation. There is a, there is a the pattern here. Three times in Romans, Romans 8. And Galatians 4, there are three times it's used. It's a cry. It's a cry out to say, God, I, I need to overcome this. I need to overcome the temptation that is going in my heart. What you've commanded me now and what you have said to me, cry out to me. Sp- I know the spirit is there, but God, my flesh, the, my own will, my own, what do I want to do? I want my way. God's saying, cry out to me and I will answer cry out Jesus is saying I have the power I have the ways to overcome this cry to me God help that's simple prayers I like simple prayers I do God help it works wonders it does it's not a religious prayer it's not five minutes and I get to the point it's God help Don't have time to say anything else. God help. Well, I love this in Romans 8. Paul is speaking about being sons and daughters of Christ, being renewed into his likeness, into his image. In Romans 8, 12, from verse 12 to 16 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, not to live according to what I want, for we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of adoption again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This is an Abba, Father that we cry out and we say, God, I can't handle this anymore. I remember a couple of weeks and I was having trouble sleeping. And just through the whole night, it was just a bombardment of things. And it got to about 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And this is what I cried out to God. God, help me. God, help me. Instantaneously, instantaneously. The in, in an instant, God comes in and he says, I'll set you free. See, it's their desire I'm battling with something that was on my mind. And God said, in an instant, cry out to me. And I took my eyes off myself and I said, God, I need sleep. And in an instant, the worry left and I was to sleep. I woke up at 6.30 the next morning and I said, God, I need to get through this day. Will you give me the grace to be able to get through it? instantaneous that whole day God gave me the grace to be able, and the strength to be able to get through it you see when you cry out to God he wants you to live in abundance I can't overcome my own self but God says you can do all things you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us this is good this is great. This tells me I have a plan and I have a purpose in God that says I'm more than a conqueror. This is what is God is saying, that God says, I'm for you, I'm not against you. And the old, the old desires that are, in your, that are in our bodies, God says, you know what? I'm going to set you free. I'm going to take you. I'm going to set you free. I'm going li- to allow you to live in freedom. But it takes crying out to God and it takes the ability of resting in God. If I can have the team back up, that'd be great. There is something of the Bible and of the Holy Spirit that when we cry out in the midst of temptation, that God will answer us. God will direct our paths. God will say to us, he says, you're my son. And guess what? I'm not going to let you die. I'm not going to let you overcome by this temptation. You only have to cry out to me. And we can be tempted the same way, in the same manner. And Jesus says, there's hope. Oh, there's hope. There's power here. And you know what? And when you fail, let me tell you, you will fail. Jesus says, I have mercy for you. Come back to me. I love this about God. I love this about God. He says, I know what's going to happen. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to tell you what I want. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to set you free. Blessed are you that endure temptation. Blessed. You have the ability to live a life of blessing. The ability to say, you know what? God loves me. What did he say? Turn your eyes towards Jesus. Turn your eyes towards the Heavenly Father. I love that about God. I love that I, I can fail with God. I love that I can mess up with God. But I love that God gives me clear instructions on what to do. Yeah. He says, come boldly. When you stuff up, come boldly to the throne room of grace. Boldly, the word boldly means with confidence. And guess what? You're, you will receive mercy. You will receive grace. You will receive forgiveness. God is just interested in us living a totally blessed life, free from the, the garbage of life that throws at us. I want to become more like Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I become more like Jesus, I represent him. I represent who he is. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that, God, that that you are more than a conqueror. We thank you, God, that that you are the, the beginning and not the end. We thank you, God, that you love us just the way that you are, the way that we are, God. And I love it that, God, that, God, you challenge us, you speak to us to walk in love. God, you challenge us to, to cry out to you. And, Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your gift that is to us, God. You, you want us to live in abundance. You want us to live in in life, God. We thank you for that. We thank you for that.